0: Joshua, chapter 10. Now Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had taken Ai and totally destroyed it, doing to Ai and its king as he had done to Jericho and its king, and that the people of Gibeon had made a treaty of peace with Israel and had become their allies. He and his people were very much alarmed at this because Gibeon was an important city, like one of the royal cities. It was larger than Ai and all of its men were good fighters. So Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, appeared to Hoham, king of Hebron, Piram, king of Jarmuth, Japhia, king of Lachish, and Debir, king of Eglon. Come up and help me attack Gibeon, he said, because it has made peace with Joshua and the Israelites. Then the five kings of the Amorites, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon, they joined forces and moved up with all of their troops and took positions against Gibeon and attacked it. The Gibeonites then sent word to Joshua at the camp at Gilgal, Do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us. Help us, because all of the Amorite kings from the hill country have joined forces against us. So Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all of the best fighting men. The Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. After an all-night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel, so that Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. Israel pursued them along the road going up to Beth Horon and cut them down all the way to Azekah and Makeda. As they fled before Israel on the road down from Beth-horon to Azekah, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them. More of them died from the hail than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Son, stand still over Gibeon, and you moon over the valley of ai So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, till the nation avenged herself on its enemies. As it is written in the book of Jasher, the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Then Joshua returned with all of Israel to the camp at Gilgal. Now the five kings had fled and hidden in the cave at Makeda. When Joshua was told that the five kings had been found hiding in the cave at Makeda, he said, Roll large rocks up to the mouth of the cave and post some men there to guard it. But don't stop. Pursue your enemies. Attack them from the rear and don't let them reach their cities. For the Lord your God has given them into your hand. So Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely. But a few survivors managed to reach their fortified cities. The whole army then returned safely to Joshua in the camp at Makeda, and no one uttered a word against the Israelites. Joshua said, Open the mouth of the cave and bring those five kings out to me. So they brought out the five kings out of the cave the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon. When they had brought these kings to Joshua, He summoned all the men of Israel and said to the army commanders who had come with him, Come here and put your feet on the necks of these kings. So they came forward and placed their feet on their necks. Joshua said to them, Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. This is what the Lord will do to all of the enemies you're going to fight. Then Joshua put the kings to death and exposed their bodies on five poles, and they were left hanging on the poles until evening. At sunset, Joshua gave the order, and they took them down from the poles and threw them into the cave where they had been hiding. At the mouth of the cave, they placed large rocks which are there to this day. That day, Joshua took Makeda. He put the city and its king to the sword and totally destroyed everyone in it. He left no survivors. And he did to the king of Makeda, as he had done to the king of Jericho. Then Joshua and all Israel with him moved on from Makeda to Libna and attacked it. The Lord also gave that city and its king into Israel's hand. The city and everyone in it Joshua put to the sword. He left no survivors there. And he did to its king, as he had done to the king of Jericho. Then Joshua and all Israel with him moved on from Libna to Lachish. He took up positions against it and attacked it. The Lord gave Lachish into Israel's hands, and Joshua took it on the second day. The city and everyone in it he put to the sword, just as he had done to Libna. Meanwhile, Horam, king of Gezer, had come up to help Lachish. But Joshua defeated him and his army until no survivors were left. Then Joshua and all of Israel with him moved on from Lachish to Eglon. They took up positions against it and attacked it. They captured it the same day, and they put to the sword totally everyone in it and destroyed them, just as they had done to Lachish. Then Joshua and all Israel with him went up from Eglon to Hebron and attacked it. They took the city and put it to the sword together with its king, its villages, and everyone in it. They left no survivors. Just as at Eglon, they totally destroyed it and everyone in it. Then Joshua and all Israel with him turned around and attacked Debir. They took the city, its king, and its villages, and put them to the sword. Everyone in it they totally destroyed. They left no survivors. They did to Debir and its king just as they had done to Libna and its king and to Hebron. So Joshua subdued the whole region, including the hill country, the Negev, the western foothills, and the mountain slopes, together with all their kings. He left no survivors. He totally destroyed all who breathed, just as the Lord, the God of Israel, had commanded. Joshua subdued them from Kadesh Barnea to Gaza, and from the whole region of Goshen to Gibeon. All these kings and their lands Joshua conquered in one campaign. Because the Lord, the God of Israel, fought for Israel. Then Joshua returned with all of Israel to the camp at Gilgal. Now, friends, a lot um, is happening in this long chapter. Of course, the, the bulk of it is about this confederation of, of uh, five kings who come out to go to war against um, uh, the Gibeonites. And then the Gibeonites appeal to the Israelites to come to their aid because they had a treaty with them. And so these five kings come together, they attack Gibeon, and in verse six, the Gibeonites then sent word to Joshua at the camp at Gilgal, do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us. Help us, because all of the Amorite kings from all of the hill country have joined forces against them. So Joshua spoke to his men, and the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, don't be afraid, none of them are going to be able to stand against you. So they came out against these kings, and they went to the aid of the Gibeonites. And um, we read in verse 10, the Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. So Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. Israel then pursued them along the road, going up to Bethoran, and uh, cut them down all the way from Azekah and Makeda as they fled before Israel. And the um, uh, the Lord then hurled large hailstones down on them, and the Bible says that more of them died from the hail than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. Imagine that, friends, this massive battle and then uh, this selective hailstorm killing the enemies of Israel. They certainly would see the hand of God at work in that in that hour and in that way. And then a miracle takes place that has only one uh, similar parallel in all the Bible, to me, This is one of the greatest miracles that takes place in the entire history of Scripture, the history of man, the history of Christianity, and the history of Judaism. In verse 12, we read, On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, in other words, there were witnesses, Son, stand still over Gibeon, and you, moon, over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still. And the moon stopped. And imagine that. The sun stood still and the moon stopped until the nation avenged itself of its enemies. And so it stopped in the middle of the sky. And uh, the Bible said for about a full day. And it goes on to say, of course, there'd never been a day like it before or since. And then it makes this statement. Never before a day like it or since when the Lord listened to a human being. So this didn't happen by the word of the Lord. This happened by the word of Joshua. Joshua said, Sun stand still, moon stand still. It wasn't Yahweh that said it, but Yahweh backed up Joshua remarkably. And so, this amazing miracle for this to happen, of course, the earth would have to stop its rotation around the sun, it would have to stop its rotation on its axis for both the sun and the moon to maintain the same positions. And so, all of the laws we know of physics were upended by this uh, statement of Joshua's sun stands still, moon stands still, and so forth. This was an incredible act of faith that up to that time, nothing, nothing, nothing had ever occurred like this. Now, later in the book of Isaiah, the Lord gives a a sign to King Hezekiah by the word of Isaiah, and the sign is initiated by the Lord himself. In that instance, uh, the shadow of the sun reverses itself and goes up rather than down. But the nature of it still is the axis of the earth has to reverse its course for the shadow of the sun to change. So that's the only parallel in scripture, but it occurs much later in Israel's history. I want you just to kind of hang on to that, that the Lord decided to answer Joshua's statement, back Joshua up. And so all of the the natural laws of physics are the, uh, the laws concerning the gravitational pull of the earth, The earth's rotation on its axis, the earth's rotation around the sun, the moon's rotation around the earth, all of these things were temporarily suspended, remarkably. And so I don't know about you, but I have no problem believing that. Some in our generation would question this. I do not question it. Uh, The Lord did this. And so Joshua slew the kings and then took the rest of that land and subdued everyone after seeing the mighty hand of God at work. And so what do we take away from this? Well, first, the Lord had said to them, don't be afraid. None of your enemies are going to be able to stand against you. For us, it's similar. The Lord says to us, don't be afraid. Um, Our spiritual enemies cannot stand against us. But this act of faith of Joshua's, you know, friends, I often think that when we get to eternity, many of us are going to hear from the Lord that we didn't believe enough out of him. In other words, we didn't have faith to believe the maximum for what he was willing to do. And so I, I can't say I've ever prayed a prayer like Joshua prayed or made a, a statement like Joshua had. Of course, there's never been a, an instance of the need for it. But Joshua exhibited a faith that I longed to have um, a similar faith and trust in God. So, Lord, I just pray for myself and those that are listening. Lord, may we have faith like Joshua did, that, Lord, you will back us up in the time of need against our enemies. Lord, may we not be afraid like Joshua was not afraid. May we be strong and courageous. May we not be discouraged. Lord, we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.